of Desk Lady Ada. Hey everybody, and welcome to another Desk of Lady Ada. It's Sunday night at Hacker O'Clock. Um, you know, I'm glad that we have the um, redesign of the um, intro logo for the Desk of Lady Ada that's all retro because we are all retro. We're going to uh, check out this Atari video machine. Yeah, we had this whole thing planned a couple years ago and then um, you know COVID happened happen. and then we're like well we'll get to this retro stuff because the past is always there the past the date doesn't change the past is always going to be the past yeah so uh, we're back to doing uh, the future in yes. the past um, some programming notes uh, we'll be broadcasting all the shows during the week as usual um, we have JP's product picked on Tuesday we have Noam Pedro doing 3D Hangouts on Wednesday show and tell Ask an engineer. We also have JP's workshop, and next uh, this week is one of the last uh, deep dives with Scott for uh, a little while. He's uh, on leave, and he'll be back. But uh, catch this, and we're going to have Tim Fumi Guy take over while Scott's out. So, desk of Lady Ada is here. Lamar, what's okay. on your desk this week? Well, do you have any news or updates, or you want to? Um, no, at the end of the show, we'll show our footage. We went to Washington Square Park today. Um, it was a uh, demonstration for world peace. Um, all of us would like to live freely and not have our countries invaded. So today there was uh, a demonstration with folks from Ukraine, around the world. So I'll show a little video from, uh, this is just okay. a few blocks from Andrew. That's about it. Okay, well, let's check out what's on my desk. So I've been working on um, this Pi camera that I started back in the fall and uh, just got super distracted with a lot of part shortages, um, but got getting parts back in so I can revisit this. So let's go to the overhead and I'll show this off. So this is, um, this uses a camera module. Camera modules, it's interesting, a little bit like e-ink. You know, they all kind of come with the same pinout. Uh, it's interesting, TFTs do not come with all the same pinout. TFTs all come up with like, different mass pinouts. Even OLEDs are totally different um, from model to model. But uh, cameras, they actually kind of came up with a, a nice standard uh, for the OV7670, OV2640, OV5640. Like, there's basically a, a series. But they're all essentially the same size, which is really nice. It makes it really easy to um, try different cameras at the same pinout. And the way they work is um, there's a couple power pins. Uh, uses like 2.8 volt, 1.5 volt power, uh, 3 volt power. It's a couple of different rails. Um, there is an I2C control interface where you can set settings like the you know what mode you want it to be in, the exposure level, special effects, whatever. Um, and then there's an 8-bit um, output interface that provides um, H-Sync, V-Sync, and 8-bit video signal on a on a bit clock um so the the data that comes out can be in different formats it can be in rgb format it can be jpeg format you actually tell the camera like what format do you want and then you can just clock it out um bit by bit and you also get h-sync and v-sync out of it um you you know you provide you it gives you sorry it gives you the bit clock but you can provide the master clock which will affect um the bit clock so I'm using the ESP32 S2 here, uh, the Warover module, although I'm probably going to go to the mini module in my next version. You really do want something with PSRAM, though, because um, you want to buffer the whole image. And while you can't DMA into the PSRAM, um, there is code in Espressif and also our CircuitPython core, which what you do is um, you DMA from the camera into a, a buffer that's like, you know, 2 or 3K or 4K. And then 
when the buffer is full, um, the DMA signals, and then you mem copy that into PS RAM. So you can't DMA into RAM, but you can DMA into RAM, and then when it's done, every chunk you you mem copy it to PS RAM, and so um, you know you do basically double buffer, like ping pong buffer, where while the camera is filling up one buffer and DMAing it into normal memory, you're copying the normal normal memory to PS RAM. So. That's how it works. That's how you can get very large images. Also great for JPEGs because the JPEGs easily get up to a megabyte in size. And if you want to read the JPEGs, it's best to buffer the whole thing into PSRAM and then you can write it to the SD card um, at your convenience. So this is the camera. You can see I've got a little screen here um, outputting it. And this is in CircuitPython. I'm doing a little bit of a trick here. Um, I'm using display IO to handle this text. So for example, you see here it says SD card okay. And I added a, um, there's an SD card here and I added a dynamically removable SD card, you know, so you can see it now says no SD. And then when I plug it back in, it's like, okay, I'm gonna try to mount the SD card. And it failed because I've been messing with it. Uh, Okay, so uh, this part is, you can see like the resolution and the SD okay and normal, that's just display IO. So I'm like having the text handled through CircuitPython. But the, um, the TFT area here, like this little, it's 240 by 176, which is like QQ, QBGA or something. Um, that's like raw data being read from the camera and then I like write it directly to the TFT buffer. So it's a little bit like, DirectX, but for microcontrollers, um, because the RGB buffer that comes out of here ends up being the exact right 16-bit RGB buffer for the TFT. It's like a, just a nice coincidence. Um, so you can read the buffer in and then immediately blit it out, like, you know, in, in out very easily. Um, obviously, you can't connect these together because this is 8-bit, you know, H-Sync, V-Sync out, and this is SPIN. So you do have to, like, buffer it and then rewrite it. Um, but it's still very fast. You can see this is, you know, it's fast enough that you're actually getting tearing on the, um, the TFT. Um, so things that I've implemented so far is um, you can take a picture. So this little button, when you press it, it says snap and it takes a photo uh, and then saves it to the SD card. And then um, there's buttons on the back which are going through a GPIO expander. For, with the ATtiny817, which is like the Seesaw chip that we use. Um, and this is for like navigating and, and changing settings. And I need the expander because like, by the time you have the TFT and the camera, you basically have almost no pins left over. Um, and the SD card, like, you, you know, and, and anything that's built in that needs to be native, you really have like no, no GPIO left because um, the camera needs like uh, eight pin GPIO plus another four control pins, and then the TFT and the SD card need, you know, six or seven, because uh, you also want to, like, control the backlight and stuff. Um, and then I have two analog outputs, I squared C, you know, IRQ pin here and there. So, yeah, basically, you know, for all the, the GPIO pads and the power pin for the camera, I needed to, um, to use an expander port. But that's okay, because the, the GPIO on the... Uh, the buttons is pretty slow. So what I did is I added a um, simple UI. So when I press the left and right button, you can see I can select the, I don't know if that is very visible. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna show, but it, it's um, 
changing the resolution. So you see now it's 640. It was 640 by 480, and now it's 1024 by 768. And then I can go up a little bit more, and now it's 1600 by 1200. And then when I take a photo, it takes a little bit longer to save because it's a, it's a big image. Um, and then down here, it says normal, but I can change it into uh, negative. So this is like a negative effect. The camera has that built in. By you, basically, there's some chroma and luma settings that you can like tweak, and by just like really messing with the levels, um, you can basically uh, turn it into a uh, inversion. Um, this is grayscale, so it's just no color data. Uh, reddish tint, greenish tint, bluish tint, sepia, which is like yellowish tint. Um, this is overexposed, which I don't really, it's a kind of a purplish tint. Don't really know what that setting is. Uh, this is solarized. It's actually kind of a cool effect. It's like very, um, it's not quite negative. It's sort of like a weird exposure effect, but it's like negative-ish. It's like what people think negative is, except negative doesn't look like negative. And then, um, yeah, it's called solarized and then back to normal. So taking photos and then sitting in the SD card and then, um, there's a little speaker. I want it to make a little clicky sound. Uh, and then there's accelerometer, which I don't know if I'll use, but I think, you know, as you rotate it, um, you know, you could have it um, move up and down. I thought this could be a good little open source um, camera interface. I know people have done camera projects with the ESP32, but the ESP32 cam is like, doesn't have any buttons and it has, it's really minimal and there's no, there's often no display. Um, or the display is really small, like you can't you can't get a good image, and there's no interface. Um, there's also, of course, Wi-Fi on this, so you can um, use this as like a simple webcam. Um, but you could do this. You could use this to like say take a photo every three minutes. You can make your own camera. You can make a webcam. Um, you can make something that like when it moves, it wakes up and it takes a photo. So or like something that gets you know PIR sensor data in, and that wakes it up, and then it takes a photo. So there's a couple. Uh, of options for it to do here. I do like the OB5640. I will say that these cameras, like the documentation is really weird. Um, basically there's a data sheet and it has everything in it, but like you can't really use the data sheet because there's like five zillion registers. So instead you have to find the app note where they basically say, look, do you want to take a photo? Here's the big register list that you want to write to the camera. And it's just like gigantic and messy and like you just kind of do what they say. Like you, you don't really have the ability to tweak the register values too much. Although, it's there, but like again, you basically are just going with the app note, um, or like the Linux driver. Like nobody really looks into these cameras very much. They're they're very, um, they're very like, you know, recipe controlled. Um, a little bit like e-ink displays where. You know, you, you get, you can adapt the waveforms, but pretty much the waveforms they give you are the waveforms you want to use, or like the gamma tables for TFTs or the init instructions. Like you could come up with your own, but you pretty much just follow what the data sheet says and uh, you're good to go. So um, it's my little camera. Let me take a photo. Snap. Okay, and then cool. uh, maybe what I'll else? show it on the computer in a bit. Okay. So let me go, hold on, let me see if it'll show up on the computer. Okay, so you can go to the computer, and then, there you go, that's the photo. Yeah. So, not too bad. That's cool. Um, 
Yeah, the color's pretty good on these, you know, if you, if you use the overexposure settings yeah. that they come up with. Okay, so next up, um, Phil, you got a Atari Video Music uh, machine. Yes, we're experimenting with the idea of music visualization. There's a lot of uh, black rectangles in all of our living rooms that just sit there dormant, and we're thinking about some ideas and more to turn those into pieces of art. Um, as usual, Atari kind of thought about this almost 50 years ago, and there is a really neat Atari visualizer. They're very hard to find. I finally got my eBay sniping going on, and I managed to get one, and now we're just making sure we uh, understand how it works. Uh, the schematic is part of the uh, manual that it came with, which was really rad. Yeah. And Lady Ada is uh, making it so we can use it. So do you want to uh, show this thing off? Yeah. I mean, this, it's not, it's, it, it's, you know, what's nice about this, hello, is, um, all right, so I'm over here. Rotate that. Okay. Let me know when you're set. Yeah. Okay. So this is the inside of the Atari Video Music machines. So this is the controls, which are like light brown, brown, and dark brown, which is very 70s shade. Um, and this is inside. So it's pretty much all driven by this very custom chip that does all the video generation. And um, what's neat is these jumpers just coincidentally happen to be the ground, luma, chroma, and sync. Um, and so this guy on Twitter posted this really nice little circuit where you're like, okay, just combine them with, you know, a big resistor divider um, to get the, uh, the sync chroma luma combined into, into NTSC. And so um, that little circuit board here, uh, I just turned into a RCA connector into this little AV to HDMI adapter. Um, the, this here actually normally the... So, you know, you can see all the um, video is coming into here, and um, this is an H, uh, sorry, a uh, RF tuner. So what looks like here, it looks like, oh, it looks like there's an RCA. That's not RCA, that's RF. So, you know, transmits on channel three or four, and we, you know, you, you can get RF tuners, but it's like, usually don't get as good a signal as if you just, like, tap into... Um, the signal directly. So what's cool is, you know, I just have, I have my um, iTunes going and it's just a, um, this is the kind of effects you're going to get and this is it. Um, oh, hold on. Of course, my music just paused. There you go. Um, it's, you know, going through all these different effects and, and like color, like cycles. It's kind of like an interesting thing and I can turn up the gain a little bit. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, it's really neat. Cool. And just to have this like running at all times, like I think folks who just have like ambient music going on in the background, this would be like a neat thing just to have like on the wall. Um, yeah. That uh, just displays like these cool pixelated. This is such a thing I could imagine being advertised in like Playboy in like the early <laughs> late seventies, early eighties. It's like, are you a sophisticated man with a stereo system? You need the Atari Video Music Machine. Um, so this is cool. So we got um, uh, NTSC out, um, but one thing that's nice is because the 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 signals are separated. The ground, luma, chroma, and sync are all separated. Um, we join them together into the NTSC. And the NTSC looks it looks very good, um, although the signals it's not quite the levels aren't quite like to standard. I'll say like the um, 
the, you know, the blanking signal is a little bit lower than it should be. And so what's interesting is when I plug this into the RCA directly into this uh, monitor, it didn't like this. It didn't like the signal levels, um, but the cell adapter doesn't mind that the signal levels are a little bit um, wonky. It isn't like, it's supposed to be like 0.78 volts and it's not, it's like 1.5. Um, but what we can do is instead of combining all the signals together into NTSC, we can uh, keep the chroma and the luma separate and um, turn those into uh, an S-video signal. So S-video is a standard that came after um, NTSC, but before HDMI, where the, the signal was split, which would improve the quality a little bit because instead of using one big, you know, one waveform to try to combine um, the hue of the color, or the hue of the, every pixel plus the um, brightness of every pixel, the brightness and the color are separated. So it's like, sometimes it's called um, like component video or like separated video. Uh, so what I want to do is this works. So I know this is, you know, thankfully I don't have to repair anything on this video music uh, machine. What I want to do is uh, change this into S video. And uh, what I want to do specifically is I want to get a little um, S video connector that I'll go here. So this is where the RF, this was the RF cable and the RF cable was connected and there was a little, um, a uh, what's it called plastic, not gusset, but like a, holder thingy that kept the cable in place. So I removed it and I want something that's like S video that'll that'll sit here, which is basically S video sized. And then I can plug an S video cable in uh, very cleanly and I don't have to you know worry as much about um, NTSC to HDMI conversion. I'll get a nice clean signal. Oh and then this is the uh, audio input by the way. Even though this is yellow and white, that's just because my cable's messed up. This is uh, not video, this is left and right audio. Okay. That's the Atari video. All right, cool. Okay, so my quest to find this S-video connector that'll fit uh, perfectly, um, I will go and try to find the connector, and I will find it on DigiKey in the great search. Every single week, Lady Ada uses her power of engineering to help you find things on the DigiKey site, digikey.com. Thank you so much, DigiKey, for helping out with Disk of Lady Ada. Lady Ada, what is the great search this week? All right, this week I have got my Atari video music player and uh, watched this video where this person did a mod to uh, this version has NTSC out, but I want S video out, and there's this hole here which I want, which right now I have this like cable coming out of, but I, what I want to do is find a panel mount S-video connector that will fit into that hole. And, um, you know, I want to do it without modifying it. So the whole circuit right now, I didn't do any soldering. I just took some wires in and I twisted them around um, some, some contacts, the, the wire jumper. So there's no soldering been done to it. So it's like totally pristine uh, condition. It can always be restored to its original state, which I really like. Um, if I'm, if I'm playing yeah. with hardware, I feel like I should go. To, I should be on expert level where I don't mess with the hardware. Yeah, I like things where it's a parasitic upgrade that doesn't it's like, damage the original hardware, and this is nice because it kind of just like taps into what's currently there, and it doesn't um, 
damage the original in any way. So this is like kind of like the perfect mod. I surely like this, and um, people really like these like pixelated visualizations. So this is just good timing yeah. as well. So cool project. So uh, we got NTSC working, but we want to use is S Video because S Video gives uh, split chroma uh, color and luma brightness. Um, and when you do that, it's you know it's a little bit easier to get um, better looking video out because you don't have like the the chroma and the luma can affect each other a little bit. Um, it also depends on your decoder, but if they're split, usually you get uh, a better video quality. Uh, it's also a little bit less noisy, I found. So um, I want to get that panel mount S video connector that'll fit in, and I don't want to do any drilling or gluing or whatever. So let's go to the DigiKey side. I was looking at inclinometers. So um, S-Video is kind of interesting. It's uh, S-Video uses a uh, DIN connector. So let's go to S-Video DIN. So um, it uses DIN. And, and DIN connectors are, you know, they're not quite dinosaurs, um, but they're definitely rarer. Like, you know, anyone who's had old Macs, or even a computer with a PS2 interface, you're like, oh, I remember these kinds of connectors. Um, these connectors, they're round, they're all pretty much like the same size and they have different number of pins, but usually it was like four to eight pins. Um, and also these, these cables are a little bit cursed because you know, you'd always put it in not quite right and you'd force it maybe, or somebody would force it, bend the pin, the pin would break and now the connector and the whole device is pretty much useless. So it's, you know, this is why people don't really use DIN anymore. Um, that said, it's the standard for S-Video. Um, so S-Video is a four-pin mini DIN connector. That's what we want to find. So let's go to DigiKey, and let's go to mini DIN to find a mini DIN connector. Uh, so this is a circular connector. You can also get cables if you wanted to get an S-Video cable. Like I said, we wanted to get a connector. Um, and already things are looking good. Yes, yeah, so you can see this has uh, eight pins and this one has five pins. This one has six pins. This is like a, this good party here. Uh, and they're all totally slightly different. You can see a number of pins. So um, first up, you know, uh, of course we want to go with active and we want to go with four. I don't know what P is, but we'll go with four uh, positions in the connector. So let's apply. Now let's look down here and make sure that we're down to four. Okay, yeah, so this looks right. This looks just like that uh, Wikipedia. So there's a couple types, you know, there's this kind of panel mount uh, and there's PCB mount. Um, but again, we want panel mount. Usually I have not been going for panel mount stuff, but I want to be panel mount for sure. So um, let's find where panel mount is. Mounting types, free hanging inline, panel mount through hole, through hole right angle. So I think I don't exactly know what through-hole right angle is, but I definitely want surface, definitely don't want free hanging or surface mount. I don't know what dash is. So let's, let's check those out. Okay, so we have a couple options here. So um, this kind of panel mounts, these are all like, you know, it's interesting. There's actually quite a few options available here. Oh, so this is the, that must be the, uh, through whole right angle panel mount. So it's like, it goes into a PCB. Um, but all of these actually look really good. So they all have, you know, you can see there's a little, this kind of bulkhead style. Um, there's this kind of big chunky style. 
Um, all of these are good. Uh, I don't know if I really care about any other size. Oh, shell, shell size. I think that actually... Oh, so some of these are XL. These are not mini dins. So I actually do want to make sure that they're mini din sized. All right, mini din, mini XLR. So let's go back and make sure that I'm actually getting... Because din just means like it's, a, it's the connector style. It doesn't necessarily mean the size. So let's go with mini din. All right, so now there's only eight remaining. Okay, so these are all really good. So um, there's this style, and this has like two ears. You can see, hold on. There's two ears. How come it's always in the center? Hold on. Yeah. Okay. One moment. Maybe I'll move this. There you go. Um, so there's this style, which is uh, has like two ears here. Um, and you can like screw them in. You, you do have to drill two holes in. And then let's see. There's this style also has two little ears. This is kind of a metal plate. This is probably the most stylistically close to uh, that era. Um, but the one that I ended up finding was this one. And what was nice about this connector is um, it had panel mount, but it was slim. And then, you know, you could pretty easily connect to the, the four pads on the back and the ground. So I actually did get these because I was working on this project last week. So let's go to the overhead and I'll show them. So this is the uh, metal type with metal ears. This one is actually what I thought I'd end up using with the plastic ears, and I thought like, oh, maybe I'll just glue it in. What is when, what is nice about this is it has a little pigtail, which is quite handy. Um, so like, you know, this has a, it's kind of an elegant for wiring to a board. Um, but this one, I got the, uh, the one with two plastic rings. What's nice is you can mount it either way. There's two plastic rings. You can mount from the back or from the front. And uh, you can solder, you know, wires to the back pads. And then let's go to the video music device. Um, when I got to checking out this mod, this fit in like pretty much, hold on. I have to line up the little, there's a little like notch and the notch has to line up with the, oh sorry, it goes this way. This fits in perfectly. And then you can, whoops, clonk. You can screw it in from the back and I can get to these pads. And this is nice and solid on the back here, um, but very easy to uh, plug it in as video connector. So this was actually a perfect, perfect fit, which is pretty sweet. All right, back to my desk. I clonk anything else. So the MD40 CV, which is actually in stock right now, is uh, my great search find and it was the perfect part. So if you're looking for a panel mount S video connector, especially one that's like being used in a, you know, looks like about one centimeter diameter hole, 
Yeah, this totally locks. And if you want the actual mounting... Oh, can you go to the computer again? The data sheet... It has the... Um, yeah, it's a little bit more than, uh, you know, one millimeter. It's a 14 uh, millimeter, a little bit more than one centimeter. But um, all the specs are here and uh, very easy to cut a hole if you need to um, or if you have an existing hole and it's around this size. You know, also the lip gives you a little bit of leeway. So, you know, it's not quite, you know, it's a little bit loose, but that's all right because um, you just use the locking that and you just like really uh, torque it down uh, and solid. It's not going to go anywhere. All right. That's a great search. Okay. okay. Um, we had a question, just general, and that came in, so I wanted to save it to the end. Yeah. Hi, Lady Ada. I love Adafruit. No, always geek out when thinking of projects to create, but I'm not sure how to start. I saw Adabox, but how do you suggest I go about learning, coding, electronics, and more? Um, a good idea is to pick up one of our Circuit Playgrounds. Um, we have uh, some Circuit Playground 4H boards and kits in yeah, the store. I think we also have the... Uh, uh, basic kit to get started? The basic kit we have to get, get started, yeah. but the Circuit Playground Express is like 20, 25 bucks, and um, it has everything you need. You just need a USB cable, which you probably have already, and then all the software online, like MakeCode is free. You can use it with CircuitPython, you can use it with Arduino, and it has like everything built in, uh, so you don't have to do any soldering. You don't need any extra tools. Uh, if you want to buy soldering tools later, you can, but you can get started with electronics and programming and hardware um, for basically the cost of like, you know, a couple burritos at Chipotle. Yeah. And a drink. Um, next. And nachos. Uh, like it was not just burritos and a drink. It's basically 20 bucks. Yeah. The other thing is um, you can get started really fast and not have that like, oh no, I need to learn all of computer sciences to make something blink. Start out with make code. Then um, with Circuit Playground Express, you can pop it into Circuit uh, Python mode. Later on, Arduino mode if you want. Um, with Circuit Python, you plug it in your computer. It shows up as USB drive and you're only using a text file, unless you want to use something else, to just change things, and you're instantly making projects. Um, next question. Yeah. I was wondering if Adafruit was going to make an FPC breakout board for your iSpy displays. I am. I actually did design one, but I wanted to get a couple more iSpy displays out before I, um, you know, released a breakout. Um, but that's the goal, is to have Featherwing and, um, like, a, you know, breadboard breakout. But... Um, a lot of this was because, you know, Phil keeps saying, like, when are we going to have these cool circular displays? And I was like, the problem with the circular display is how do you, you know, how do you panel mount it in a way or, like, use it in a board without, like, a lot of cables and wires? And so having an FPC um, cable is, you know, that's, can we chatted and we ended up deciding that was the, the right uh, connection to use. So we're adding it to all of our existing TFTs, and then hopefully we'll get back to some of the older TFTs to re-add it because I think it's, it's a very nice little elegant um, FPC cable connector. Um, it also carries a lot of signals on it, so it can be used for other stuff as well, like uh, you know some e-ink displays when I revise them, um, because e-inks are constantly changing. Um, I'll add an iSpy connector onto those as well. Okay, that's our show for tonight. Okay. Um, I'm going to close out with a video from uh, Washington Square Park today, and in the words of a very famous son of Ukrainian immigrants, Leonard Nimoy, who played Mr. Spock. I hope everyone lives long and prospers. He did.
Yeah, I'm going to go to the 